feed your mind. So step number one is every single day, you got to do something and feed your mind. And if you do that, if you just made that habit, say even five days a week, I swear to you, it'll change your life. But again, not what comes to you, what you pursue. Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Your Retirement Elevated. Well, hey there, and welcome to another edition of Your Retirement Elevated. Walter Storholt here alongside Scott Dugan, co-founder, managing partner at Elevated Retirement Group, serving you throughout the KC metro area, but also with clients across the country. You can find us online at listentoscott.com for past episodes and more information. Scott, great to be with you this week. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing wonderful. Uh, Excited today. We're actually having, we usually have an annual fall festival, which is really a fun client event. Uh, we did not get to do that last year, uh, but we're going to have a blowout this year. So we're super excited about that, uh, having that this evening. I know that you are pumped. Tell us a little bit about what, what happens at the fall festival. Well, we always try to pick an interesting venue. So we've got a uh, venue that's out south of town. It's, it looks like a huge barn structure out in this nice wooded area. But you go inside, it's very modern and has big glass garage doors that open up and a big patio that you can walk out onto. And so it's a great venue, especially for this time of the year in the fall. Uh, and we always have great food catered in. And we're, we're actually having live entertainment, which it's a huge surprise. Nobody knows who it is except for Jennifer and I. Ah. So that's cool. We're having someone come in from out of town to uh, perform. Wait, you, you, can, you can tell me because this podcast episode won't go live until, uh, until after it. Oh, that's true. Over, that's right? true. Well, uh, over the summer, we got invited to uh, an event in Topeka. And it was uh, to see a band called the Liverpool Legends. And so they're a Beatles cover band, but like they're the Beatles cover band. Okay. Like traveled all over the world. Nice. And so we went and I've never been a huge Beatles fan. I like their music, but I was amazed in a two plus hour concert. I knew all but two, maybe three songs, which I thought was incredible. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, maybe I'm a bigger Beatles fan than I thought I was. And just how iconic yeah. that they were and how how I absorbed that. And, and and I've read a lot in my life and listened to a lot of things. But when we're entertained, especially through music, that's why we can remember lyrics so easily. Mm-hmm. Because there's an entertainment value. Our brain picks that up. So that's why a lot of people can hum along and, and remember the lyrics. But they can't remember somebody's name you know, when they see them the next time. Uh, which that kind of happens to me. But yeah, so it was a great experience. And I thought... I mean, there there was five, six hundred people at this this event, and I looked at Jen. And I said, "We ought to see if we can get them for our event." I'm like, I don't. I said, "It seems to maybe out of reach," uh, but let's let's talk to them. So Jennifer reached out to them. They actually are full time in Branson. They've got a theater down there. Oh, really? But they wow. travel around the country, around the world, and and tour and and sing. And so we're we're excited i i i think especially our our clients uh their age group i think the, a lot of them grew up you know with the beatles at least in historical context and so we're very excited about that um, and we've got a record number of people that are uh, signed up to to come to the event and as always we pick a great charity 
And this year we're, we chose CASA, uh, which is a, a child court advocacy uh, nonprofit where they have uh, individuals out in the public that are representing, representing at youth or excuse me, at risk children. And it's not being a mentor, a counselor, it's just being a, a human being that is there to support them, have a sounding board, have a friendship. Uh, and I, they, they've been around for quite a long time. And my wife, Jennifer, actually sits on the board, who she got introduced to one of our longtime great clients. And so we said, yeah, we really like this charity. Uh, we really, or nonprofit, really like what they're doing for kids. And so we're going to get behind them. And so we went out, have a huge amount of prizes and items that are in a silent auction. And we're having a big raffle. I knew it It took two car loads to get the all the stuff we're, we're having available to the, the venue. Wow. Nice. So it's a, a lot, a lot of stuff. So we're again, super excited about it. And uh, it's, it's going to be great to see everybody in one place. Well, enjoy the event tonight. Good luck with it all. And I know by the time people are listening to this, the event will have happened. So unfortunately, you missed the band. But uh, hey, make sure you go to next year's fall festival because you never know what you're going to get when you yes. uh, come out and join the team. They... We've heard that our events get better and better every year, and okay, that's good. total good. testament to Jennifer, who she is the master of planning all of those, and then all of our, our support team, our team members here are really have dove in and helped out, chipped in, and so it's it's exciting. It's just our, our way to show our appreciation for all of our clients and the people that have entrusted us to help get them to and through retirement. And that, that's a big deal, and we don't take it lightly. And this is just one small way that we try to show our appreciation. We always figured Jennifer was the brains behind this whole operation, and I think it just uh, confirms it in real life when you see how the events come together. So She is the brains and the pretty <laughs> face behind it. That's okay, let's, right. be, let's be honest that's right. here. <laughs> that's why you're on the uh, quote, well, the, the new school radio face. Is yeah. The, uh, the pod- podcast face? Is that a thing? I haven't really I've heard a, that I've term a, yet. I have but. a face for the podcast podcast yes <laughs> we have to adapt it that way these days face for yeah. podcasting yes <laughs> well today's episode and thanks for filling us in on that just need to get a little update with what's going on with uh, with you and your team and uh, your clients coming out to enjoy that event and the great charitable aspect of it as well it's going to be a great time and kind of in that same spirit we're going to have a little bit different episode today in fact uh, the rest of the episode will feature scott and i very little uh, we want to feature something that i guess caught your eye scott and this is something that you are kind of regular regularly on the lookout for to share mm-hmm. with your team. And this was so good, you wanted to be sure to share it with the podcast audience as well this week. Absolutely. It's so a little bit of background. Um, I've always, well, post-college, uh, I became a very avid reader or a consumer of audio. And so I go back to the days of buying cassette tapes and listening to my Walkman and my car always trying to feed my mind and always trying to put things in my mind that ultimately gave me the life that I wanted. And so I've always been hungry to consume those things. And every Wednesday morning, I send that we've got a message section in our, our system and I send out either some sort of quote passage from a book uh, audio or a video to our team, something that I think will help with what's going on, or maybe help somebody in the team that we've had interaction with. 
be to help them get closer to what they want or get past something. And one of the people that had quite a bit of influence on me is a gentleman named Tony Robbins. And probably a lot of you have heard of him. Um, he was on infomercials like every day, so many hours a day uh, for years. And he's kind of, people think of him as a motivational speaker. And I thought of him the same way. And so I really never was really attracted to him. He's just a raw, raw guy. But then I was fortunate enough actually to go to an event and actually got to meet him in person, Jennifer and I did. And just the information that he covered in that time period was fantastic. And I realized that he was really more of a coach and trying to help people get out of their way uh, to get more of what they wanted. And so I met, we met Tony about 2009 when we met him. Uh, and then I've got a very good friend of ours that has become personal friends with him. So it's kind of my six degrees of separation. But to say all that, uh, I came across a video uh, by Tony Robbins. Uh, it was five keys to living your best post-pandemic life. And I listened to it, it's 19 minutes, and I thought, you know what, this is great information, it's actionable, and I want to give it to the team. And I got more positive feedback from the team after they consumed it. It's like, that was great. So I thought, you know what, I need to share this. Uh, I just need to kind of tee this up and let our, hopefully our podcast listeners, our clients, uh, listen to it. And so it's, again, it's 19 minutes. He covers five key topics uh, that I think are important. And the two that really stuck out to me, uh, not to ruin it for you, uh, but the one first one was feed your mind. I talked about that. He said, hey, 30 minutes a day, you need to be putting something in your mind that's uh, positive and improves your life. And he said, you know, it's either reading a book or it's listening to something. And he made a key distinction. He said, you need to pursue that information because all of us are being pursued to capture our attention today, whether it's the media, whether it's social media platforms, emails, text messages, everyone is trying to get our eyeballs to focus on them. So he said, you've got to be intentional and pursue the information, not what is coming at you or what's pursuing you. So big distinction, I think, is very important. And another one that really stuck out, he talks about, you know, give more than you expect. And today, with the event we're having, yes, we're, we want to every, get everybody together, see everyone, have a great time, be entertained. But ultimately, the impact that we'll have by doing a silent auction, doing a raffle, doing all these things, is there's going to be a chunk of money that's going to go to an organization that is going to improve several children's lives. And to give you an idea of how big of an impact that a little bit of money can have, I'll tell you a story of Jen's first experience with CASA last year. Uh, at Christmas time, they do a giveaway. So last year, they had to kind of stay in their cars and, and go through and either get you know toys or books. And one uh, child sticks out, Jen telling the story, is that they were, hand, Jen and her friend Kathleen were handing out books. And this little boy was so excited 
to get a book. And we he found out he could get two books and take them with him and they were going to be his. Oh, wow. He was just over the moon. Okay. And we're talking about two books. Okay. So when I think about that and how fortunate that Jennifer and I are, fortunate to have the great team around us, have wonderful clients that we support that lets us live the lifestyle that we want. The idea that we can gather, have fun, and the money flows back to an organization that makes an impact, that's giving more than you expect. That is taking what all of every listener, you've all worked hard to save, to plan, either to get ready to retire or retire, but it's what you can do with that money to live your lifestyle. But if it's important to you to use some of that to improve someone else's life, I think that I can speak personally, I get more joy and excitement out of impacting somebody else's life. Sure, I like to do fun stuff for Jennifer and I, but I can tell you there that little boy receiving two books, hopefully that will lead him down a lifetime of consuming information, reading that will hopefully take him closer to the life that he wants and deserves and gives him a glimpse of what's possible. So that's maybe to get off my soapbox there, but I, it's well worth 19 minutes to listen and watch. I would encourage you to watch the video, sit down, you know, don't be distracted. Um, I know the team said that it took them a little longer than 19 minutes because they kept stopping and writing things down and taking (laughs) notes for action items. So I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. I hope it has an impact and hopefully you can take a few little nuggets from there and it can improve your life or somebody you really care about improve their life. So what we'll do is we will uh, play that audio to end today's show. So we're going to just play the audio from the video, but the video does add a little something extra. So we're also going to link to that in the description of today's show so you can go and watch it uh, on YouTube and actually see the video version of of that Tony Robbins piece that uh, Scott just teed up for you. So either way, however you prefer, either keep listening to this or go check out the video link in the description of the show and uh, enjoy it. And uh, until next time, Scott, thanks for sharing this with us. And uh, we'll be chatting with you again in uh, just a couple of weeks with another new episode. Sounds great. Looking forward to it. As you're gearing up to step back into your normal life, if you haven't already done that, Um, I thought I'd just give you five little quick little triggers, just reminders that are so simple. But these are the five things that I personally did when I first got kicked out of my house. Uh, Some of you know the story. My mom was a very powerful woman. I had four different fathers and she kicked my dad out. And on Christmas Eve, she decided I was on his side. So she kicked me out too. And I had nothing. And I had to figure out what to do. She kept my 1960 Volkswagen. I earned it $40 a week. And don't get me wrong. I love my mom, but she abused alcohol and prescription drugs. And when people do that, they're not themselves. They do little crazy things, but I'm, I am who I am because of her. And part of that was even that first step where I had to just figure out what to do with my life, but it was incredibly depressing. I have a younger brother, five years younger, younger sister, seven years younger. I love them, loves of my life. And I was separated from my brother and sister and I'm walking in the rain trying to figure out what the hell I'm going to do. And I'm still in high school. And so one of the things that I did is I slept on this mountaintop um, and then of course it rained. And so the next day I talked to a friend, a lady friend, not a girlfriend, but a girl who was a friend and I, the, her parents let me stay in their laundry room. And 
I remember I was so depressed. I know I don't know if you've ever been to that place where you're like wondering why you're even around or whether you should be around. It was a pretty brutal time. Uh, but what turned me around was feeding my mind. And what I mean by that is um, about a year earlier, I'd gone to this seminar by Jim Rohn. I know many of you have heard of Jim. He's no longer alive past some years ago, but he was a mentor of mine. And I went to a seminar with 17. And in the seminar, he really talked about the importance of feeding your mind. And you've got to feed it because otherwise things come at you. And so I remember I, I, I took a little bit of change I had left in my pocket and I got on a bus and I drove, uh, they drove me anyway on the bus for about, I don't know, it's about an hour's away from where I was because I'd been to this place once before, had this amazing bookstore. And I figured I'll go in there and I'll just read a bunch of books while I'm in there because they can't afford any. And then I picked up a book called The Magic of Believing by Claude M. Bristol. And in this book, it talked about training and conditioning your mind and how what goes in your mind becomes the experience of your life and how to do it. And I was so depressed. I didn't know what to do. And so I went and I'll never forget. I went back to this little laundry room and there was a mirror there. And the book said, you know, put your goals on the mirror. So you look through your own eyes into your goals and you see in your own eyes and you read those goals, do it with soap. And so I did it in the mirror. And then I made these little posters that said things like only a loser is depressed. Now that's not true. Uh, because, but I felt like I'm not a loser. And that was the leverage I had, right? I can't be depressed if the losers are depressed. And so I, I just try to work on everything. But gradually, I started turning my life around. And I did five things. And I did them again, I got to tell you, and multiple times in my life when I hit really bad places, when I was told I had a tumor in my brain, and that, you know, I might die, you know, when I uh, buried all four of my fathers over the course of a year and a half, and my mother, those are rough times, they start to shift you. When 2008 happened and looked like everything was going under. And I went back and I reapplied them here at the beginning of the pandemic as well. So they're really simple. But first of the five keys to transform your life, I don't care where you are, how great it is, if you can get to the next level, the first step is stand guard at the door of your mind. And I got that from my teacher, Jim Rohn. I remember he came to me one day and I was really frustrated. And I was saying, you know, I'm just, I'm working so hard and nothing's really working and I don't understand it. And, and I was just, I was super frustrated. And remember, he came to me and he said, Tony, he said, listen to me. He said, think of, tell me who's, what are you reading? He said, tell me who you're talking to. He said, tell me who you're surrounding yourself with. And I said, well, I'm mostly isolated by myself. And I said, but I'm so frustrated. He said, listen to me. He said, answer this question for me. He said, what happens in the world if, let's say, you know, your worst enemy comes by and drops sugar in your coffee? And I'm I said, well, you'd have sweet coffee. He said, well, what if your best friend, even by accident, drops one drop of strychnine? What if it's your brother, your sister, your mother, your father, somebody you love, accidentally drops one drop of strychnine? I said, well, then you'd be dead. He goes, that's right. So remember, life is both sugar and strychnine, so watch your coffee. And what he really meant was stand guard at the door of your mind. Because today, we live in a world where the media, they're not bad people, they're good people, but the companies. And they got to take care of their shareholders. And the only way they win is by getting your eyeballs. And the only way to get your eyeballs in a world where there's so much information is to startle you. The news is not designed to educate or inform you. You know that. That's why it says water, drinking water may kill you. Film at 11. You know, anything that grabs you. And so we're living in a culture of so much fear. So if you're going to take your life back, you got to take and do a limited amount of that media and, and be able to pursue it, not let it pursue you. Today, most people, like in order to get your attention, we all know what they do, it's called clickbait. Let me create a headline that'll grab you. It doesn't matter if the content is even real news or not. A lot of times the headline isn't really what the whole story is, but it pulls you in. There's whole groups of people whose entire life is designing algorithms and language to make you stay online more so they can make more money, but it isn't necessarily to your advantage. So 
But Jim Rohn used to say to me, he said, Tony, this is your new daily practice. Because this is what I really want to get to you guys here is if you want to keep momentum, if you join me for those few days there, the five, six days or seven, I guess we did for the challenge, or you went immersion with me as well. The key is to get momentum and keep momentum. If you work your tail off to get momentum going and then you drop it, oh my God, you got to start all over again. And so the way you do that is you have a daily practice. It's not like, you know, years ago, I went to a seminar by Jim Rohn and then my life was perfect. It's like I kept immersing myself in all these things, but I also made sure each day I was making some form of progress. And if you want to know what makes people happy, write down progress equals happiness. Think about it. You can achieve everything in the world and still go, is this all there is? You can achieve something and be excited, but for how long? The only way you stay happy and excited is to keep growing. Progress is everything. If you're making progress on your body, progress in your mind, progress in your motion, you're going to feel happy. When you get there, you feel excited. But again, for how long? A year? No. Six months? Three months? Three weeks? Three days? Three hours? Because we're not made to just sit and you know be successful. We're made to grow. We're made to then, as we grow, we have something to give. So step one is, let's see if you can put a little system of standing guard at your mind. And Jim Rohn said to me back then, the number one thing you have to do is read 30 minutes a day. So never less than 20 minutes. And I'm not talking about what comes to your phone. I'm not talking about clickbait. I mean a book. I mean something that you pursue. Great ideas are never going to interrupt you. They have to be pursued. And if you don't pursue them, you're going to get what everybody else has, which is all this fear, all this uncertainty, all this stuff that won't work because everybody's focused on what won't work, what can't happen. Why? Because they're afraid. They're afraid to fail. They're afraid to try and feel like they're not enough. So you got to stand guard of that mind by feeding your mind. You know, Jim Rohn used to say to me, success leaves clues. If you want things to get better, you got to get better. If you want things to change, you got to change. But you got to do it deliberately and consciously. And he used to say to me constantly, he said, Tony, you've got to constantly find a way to feed that mind, something that's got strategy in it, philosophy, something that's going to improve the quality of your life. And if you really learn it, you can help the people you love with the things you learn. And so I got hooked. And so I decided I'm going to read a book a day. <laughs> I took a speed reading course and I didn't read a book a day, but I read 700 books over the period of seven years, all in the area of philosophy, physiology, emotion, the things to me that mattered most. And what I really try to do is each day try to use something I learned, not just read, not just let my learning lead to knowledge. You know, Jim used to say, if you let your learning lead to knowledge, you become a fool. If you let your learning lead to action, that's when your life changes. So I started being aware of who was saying what, what I was taking in. You know, Jim used to say, you know, success leaves clues. If someone's successful, they're not lucky. They're doing something different than you. Figure out what they're doing different. And he said, the first thing is find out what they're reading. He said, because he said, I remember he said to me something funny. He said, find out what poor people read and don't read it. And when he said poor, he didn't just mean financially poor. He meant people that were unhappy, people that were, had no sense of meaning in their life, people that were financially strapped because they weren't managing to add value to other people, people that found themselves not taking care of their relationships, their body. Poor isn't just money. Wealth isn't just money. It's emotional, spiritual, everything. He said, so find out what successful people do, what wealthy people read, what happy people read, and read that. Feed your mind. So step number one is every single day, you got to do something and feed your mind. And if you do that, if you just made that habit, say even five days a week, I swear to you, it'll change your life. But again, not what comes to you, what you pursue, something that has real value, a strategy that can change the game for your business, or your life, a philosophy that can make you more fulfilled or happy, a way to make a difference for the people you love. That's a daily sought out practice for me. Started when I was 17. I'm now 61. 
That's why I have the privilege to be able to work with so many people. But most importantly, I've applied these things to me. So I have the life that I want. I don't have a life that I'm promoting to other people. So that's number one. What's number two, real fast. If you really feed your mind every day, feed and strengthen your mind with a 30 minute practice. And by the way, I start out reading all the time, but then I realized I was in my car all the time in those days. And I was like, I'm going to turn this to a university on wheels. And I'm old enough to remember cassette tapes. And probably most of you don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. Not real to real, but little cassette tapes. You know, we didn't have where you could put 10,000 songs in your phone or go to YouTube and have a million different videos you can watch over and over again. And the value for me on that, quite honestly, was that I had to pay for this stuff. So I had to value it and really use it. Like when you part with a certain amount of money, and in those days, you know, six cassettes, six one hour cassettes. And a couple of workbooks was like $300. It was like the standard offer. And I remember I went down to this place called Knight Education, Knight like with a sword, you know, and a shield, K-N-I-G-H-T. And it was this Jewish man, beautiful man named Mario that I became friends with. I was a little 17-year-old kid, my little pot belly, I was fat. And, and I drove all the way down downtown LA, be about in those days, like an hour and 20 minute drive. And my little old Volkswagen with no reverse, park on the hill so it wouldn't, you know, so I could get out. And... Uh, and I got to be friends with this man. And he had collected, this is how old it was, all these albums of some of the great motivational speakers and psychologists and psychiatrists and business people. And then gradually those things got to actually to cassette tapes. And so he had all these things. And I'd say, like, what's the, what's the most valuable thing? He said, well, what do you want to work on? I said, well, my body and my emotions and my mind and my spirit. He was like, you want everything. And he'd say, okay, let's start with this one. And I'd take $300. I was making $40 a week as a janitor. So this is literally the money I'd save and I'd absorb it. And I'd be like, I can't afford this. And I'd be like, well, I can't afford not to. Because unless I get these answers, I'll still not be able to pay my basic bills. I'll still be struggling. So that was one of the smart things. I invested in myself. And so I'd go down there. And because I invested $300 in six tapes, I remember Jim Rohn said, repetition is the mother of skill. You hear something once and you kind of understand it. You hear it again, you kind of feel it. You hear it enough. He said, listen to stuff every day. Until pretty soon, the things I was hearing in my head were these new thoughts from brilliant people instead of the old thoughts that were basically whatever I'd been around before. And it changed my life. It started to shift me because I fed my mind. But then number two, you got to every day feed and strengthen your body. And you got to do something, even in the middle of COVID, if it's still there, even if it's locked down, because if you don't take care of your body, it affects your mind, doesn't it? I mean, think about this. What is it that screws up everybody's life? Fear is the number one thing that keeps people from doing what's necessary. And anger and rage, while it can mobilize us, if it becomes part of your life on a regular basis, it destroys it. So how do you balance that out? Well, fear, anger, they're both physical, aren't they? Think about what do you feel like if you're really, if you've ever been so afraid that your throat got really dry, or you feel this feeling in your gut, right? That's physical. Courage is also physical. Again, courage does not mean you're not afraid. Courage means you're afraid, but you do it anyway, right? It's a, it's a way of being in your body. So one of the things that I started doing early on is understanding, and those of you who spent four days with me, you know, day and night, because we did it, and it's in your body still, how to change the way you feel instantly by a radical change in your body. And so I really want to recommend you do something at least five days a week. First thing when you wake up in the morning, I don't, it doesn't have to be an hour workout, even 30 minutes. It can be something as little as five or 10 minutes. There is not a day when I wake up, I've shared with some of you this already, 
first thing I do, I go outside and if I'm lucky enough to be at one of my homes anyway, I have homes in different parts of the world because I've traveled the world and done this. I'm very fortunate, but I have a cold plunge I've installed in everyone, 56 degrees. In my home in Sun Valley, Idaho, I don't have a cold plunge. I don't need it. I walk through the snow in the winter or in the summer, I walk through the grass and I get in the river. And then literally the river is usually about 39 to 42 degrees to give you an idea. Every cell in your body is moved. The blood rushes through everything, right? And I do it for two reasons. I, there's never a day I look forward to doing it. I don't go, oh, I can't wait to go in there. I do it, number one, because it transforms your body. The blood flow, the lymph flow is unbelievable from a health perspective. You just go in for a minute, pop out, and it's like a different world, right? I don't care what it is. Or you could take a freezing shower would be the minimum way you could do this if you couldn't do this. But it's about changing your body so radically. And it's also about developing a simple daily discipline. It's like, I don't negotiate with myself. I tell my brain, I don't go, oh, wait, I'm not ready. Or let me, let me count to 10, or maybe I'll do it tomorrow. That pattern of thinking is what destroys most people's lives and their dreams. You can settle for a life like most people have, or you can create your dreams, but to do it, you need to be able to push yourself. So you need to train yourself in little ways, or it could be just going and lifting weights and you're going to do like 10 minutes of pushing yourself or a sprint or a really fast walk, anything. Because when you get your blood pushing, when you push beyond what's comfortable, it develops this determination inside you, this sense of will that you will then use everywhere else. I always say if you discipline yourself in one area of your life, you're going to be able to do it even more in other areas. You get momentum. Momentum is everything. So if you train your mind, great, but you got to train your body as well in some way. And I don't care, again, if it's five or 10 minutes where you really push yourself or a full-blown workout. It's got to get there because when you do that regularly, you're going to find yourself having a better mind. The mind and body can't be separated. They're completely connected. You work on both of them, you're going to have a different world and you're not going to be shut down. And when other people are like, oh, it can't be done, just move. I'll handle it. It's a different way of being, isn't it? Third key, in order to really believe you can turn things around, you need a role model. And so throughout my life, I looked at different ones. The earliest one I looked for since I grew up poor and we had no money and you know, that seemed to be the real issue. My, my mom left all four of my fathers. But as I look back on it, it really wasn't money. They could have had all the money in the world and they still would have fought. But it looked like money. So I thought, wow, if I could make money, my family will never have this pain. So I looked around for role models. And I grew up in a place where there were no financial role models. Everyone was broke. We didn't have money for food. It's why I provide 100 million meals a year through Feeding America for the last six years. By the way, we're up to 700 million meals now. I said we'd feed a billion in 10 years, we're a year ahead, we're gonna hit it. Uh, but the bottom line is it comes because I had nothing. And I found, it's like, who, who also started with nothing like me and then turned it around and grew and who comes from humble beginnings? And I saw, you know, Sir John Templeton, some of you may have heard of him, brilliant man. First billionaire investor, started with nothing. And the way he did it is he saved money and he invested during the darkest times. And so I saw Sir John as that. And when I was around when COVID happened, I started looking around to see what are people and businesses that haven't given up, even though everything shut down, they found a way to serve their clients. And even though their way wasn't my way, it reminded me and inspired me to say there is a way. That's how I started building the way that we now deliver for so many people virtually around the world. So find a role model and get a plan. So number one, feed and strengthen your mind every day, 30 minutes a day, uh, to me, now audio is even better because I can do it while I'm running. I can do it while I'm working out. I can do it while I'm cleaning the house. I can do it in my car. So I use audio. That's why I've used it forever in that area because it just gives you more rhythm. But it's either read or audio, something you pursued. Every day, strength and feed your body. You make it stronger so that you're psychologically short. Find the role model, get a plan. What's for? Massive action. 
like everybody wants to say, well, I don't know where to start. What do I do first? Well, listen, I got all kinds of tools to help people do that. But the most important thing is do something. You know, you don't know what to do, throw the rock, wherever it lands, talk to the next person, right? It's like, you need massive action. And then you need to see what's working or not and keep changing and you'll get there. Anyone can get to where they want to go as long as they get in motion. But again, it's about momentum. And that's the main reason I came to join you. Last one, step five, real fast. Give more than you expect to receive. If you are constantly trying to take care of people, give to people. If you're worst time of your life, you can give to people. I promise you everything will change. I won't tell you the whole story, bore you with it right now, because I want to do this real quick for you. But, but you know, one of the most difficult times of my life when I was completely broke, not, not even enough gas in my car, trying to figure out how to survive, not able to pay my rent. And I, I, had, I won't bore you with the story, but I had an experience where I took the last $19 I had and I gave it to somebody who else that needed it. And afterwards, I was euphoric. It made no sense, but it was the first time in my life when, you know, people say, I got to get beyond scarcity. You never get beyond scarcity. You got to start beyond scarcity. You got to declare, you got to take the last seed you got and plant them. And I remember, you know, the next day I got a check for $1,200, which in those days I could have survived on for almost a month from somebody who owed it to me and not paid me for two years. The very next day after I gave every dime I had, I had no idea I was even going to eat. I just, it was the right moment. It was the right situation. And I just, I did what was right. So Find someone who's worse off than you are in the middle of COVID. Do something for them. And I promise you, you'll remember how great your life is and you'll feel fulfilled because we all, it's not about us. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not about me. It's about we. And the more you can get connected, either people you love or even strangers and do things, not for brownie points, just because it's right. Somehow inside your own soul, your own spirit, you remember that problems are not permanent. Only your soul is permanent. And you remember that I'm made for more than just solving this stupid little problem. It just, it lifts the human spirit. So those five keys, I really encourage you to consider as you're dealing with COVID or coming out of it here to maximize. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.